Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trina here with you, and it is a crossover Thursday show. And uh, Jeff Lloyd, who was the host of Locked On Browns, ran today's crossover show, so you're going to hear him lead things in just a bit. Just wanted to let you know that you did find the right spot if you're looking for the Locked On Giants podcast, even though Jeff kicks things off, but still, hope you enjoy the upcoming program. This is Crossover Thursday on Locked On Browns. Uh, compliments of the Locked On Podcast Network, the Locked On NFL Network. I am the host of Locked On Browns, Jeff Lloyd. I am joined by the wonderful Patricia Trina. Um, the coolest thing about this is both of us uh, New Jersey residents. Um, and I understand the weather is pretty bad everywhere as it is here in New Jersey today. But so nothing better. Sit back, talk a little ball as we get ready for a Sunday night football. And if anybody listened somewhere, I don't remember if it was something we did early or we did after the schedule was released. Patricia and I said that we had a good feeling Browns-Giants was going to turn into a primetime game. Funniest thing, it took a little maneuvering, but we did get there. We're going to get to you guys some great stuff. We'll talk a little Giants. We'll talk a little Browns. Give some general game thoughts, team thoughts in our third segment. This crossover Thursday is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch the season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Uh, Pat, it's been a while. Um, and you know, each team right now still alive, still in it, different circumstances mitigating between both teams that's leading to that. Uh, I guess I'll start with this. Um, you know, I was able to, you know, watch live on Sunday, uh, Giants versus the Cardinals. Um, if the Giants, they seem like in a tough conundrum right now. If, you know, the first off, it all depends on Daniel Jones's health, but, are you trying to win the NFC East? Because if you are, maybe it seems you start Colt McCoy. Are you trying to evaluate your second string, uh, your second year quarterback, as far as what is best for him long term, what is best for the franchise long term? It's a tough decision. Yeah, and I don't think I know the answer. I mean, Joe Judge has <laughs> done such a good job of of kind of mixing things up. You know, and one breath that he and the players say. Oh, we're not focused on the division. We're just focused on this week. This week is the Browns. We're focused on, you know, improving and all that good stuff. But then on the next breath, they, they, they say something totally different. So my head's spinning at this point. And, um, it's, it's at a point now where it's like, come on, who are you kidding? You guys want to win. That's what it's all about. It's a production based business. And, uh, if you don't win, you, you, you go home. And if you go home and you do that enough times, you're out. So let's, let's not kid ourselves here. Yeah. Improvement's important, but at the, but at the end of the day, the end of the week, so is winning. Um, and you know, we're talking about, you know, two first year head coaches, two rookie head coaches, um, you know, one, uh, looking like they may make a playoff appearance in a long time. And look, at the end of the day, um, a rookie head coach find a way to win his division. 
that's certainly nothing to sneeze at. And, you know, nobody's going to take it away just because their record might not be as prettier, uh, you know, as pretty as some other, uh, you know, teams that win division, win divisions here in 2020. So, I mean, you know, I, yeah, look, if you're in it, you got to go for it. There's no way around that. Um, the defensive side of the ball, there's been a lot of growth. Um, your defensive coordinator is now a, you know, hot name for possibly moving on or at least going through the interview process. Um, D line looks strong. Uh, you're kind of working in everything else. Um, but they play hard every week and there's weeks where they've been really good. You go to that Seattle game and I still think Russell Wilson is still sitting there going, what, what just happened? Um, but it's a really nice effort. Uh, you know, the offense obviously is going to have its questions. But the defensive side of the ball, they really, really seem like they've come together and stepped up over the last few weeks. Yeah, they have. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. When they announced the hirings of the coordinators, I was jumping for joy for Jason Garrett. I thought, oh, wow, he's going to do some great things with that offense. Pat Graham, the defensive coordinator, I was like, nah, I, I, I have my doubts about this guy. And now, if you had told me, like, towards the end of the season that my feelings would be reversed, I would have said, no way. But they here we are. They they are. You know, uh, Pat Graham has that defense. You know, if, if you think about it, other than maybe for um, Logan Ryan and James Bradbury, and I guess you can make a case for Leonard Williams and maybe for Blake Martinez – they have a lot of quote unquote no names on that defense, but yet that defense for the most part has been in the top 10 league wide in several major statistical categories. And this isn't just recently, this has been all year. So Pat Graham is doing a great job. And, you know, you mentioned Russell Wilson and go back. If, if you haven't done so, if you really want something uh, amusing to watch, watch the tape of Russell Wilson trying to figure out what the Giants are running. And you see how that defense is moving around and what they're showing pre-snap is not what they show post-snap. And it just totally, totally confused the heck out of him. And uh, it was kind of funny in a way to watch. Um, now, Sunday, with the um, you know, Giants had been in the driver's seat. Um, you get into this game. Um, and a lot of people were wondering, you know, you know, could they win? You know, the Cardinals obviously, you know, uh, bring an interesting skill set with them. Um, but my question is, is how much was, I mean, is it a disappointment? Was it a surprise? Uh, what were your feelings and your takeaways from the efforts on Sunday? Because it wasn't like Arizona played really crisp or clean on the offensive side of the ball. And then we're going to get to one quick one on that Giants offensive line because Sunday was a struggle. Yeah, it, it definitely was. I mean, look, I, I'm not going to lie. I thought the Giants would be a lot more competitive in that game. I thought they, they might even steal the win. You know, I figured, okay, Seattle was the tougher of the opponents and, and Arizona, they can do things to confuse Kyler Murray, but um, that was not the case. And the, look, the defense was competitive. They held up for as long as they could, but the offense, and I'm sure we'll talk about this maybe a little later in the show, but the decision to play Daniel Jones was one that I vehemently disagreed with then. And even before, you know, the news of, of what happened with Jones, uh, you know, injuring his other leg came out, I still disagree with it. I think Joe, Joe Judge, um, you know, I've agreed with everything he's done up until that particular decision. 
And I just hope the heck that he hasn't cost this team in the long run because, you know, Daniel Jones, he needs his legs. That is part of his game. And when you take away part of a player's game, you might as well go with Colt McCoy at that point because Colt McCoy will give you the same thing that Daniel Jones without his mobility will give you. Yeah, that was where it was, it was, you know, like kind of head scratching. And even when you saw Colt McCoy warming up before the second half, then John, uh, Daniel Jones strung together that nice drive. Obviously, the big ball to Golden Tate. And they were able to, you know, punch one in. And Deion Lewis as your goal line running back. That one's a little bit of a head scratcher with some of the size and the experience they have at the running back position. Um, but this offensive line and getting to this, I mean, look, part of it was to, because at the point, you know, there came a point where Daniel Jones was just a statue back there. Uh, Colt McCoy, it's understandable with his age. But watching that, you know, Arizona pass rush get after this offensive line on Sunday, the first thing, my first takeaways were is, well, great. This, I mean, for me, obviously, as host of the Lockdown Browns, great. This offensive line gets Miles Garrett next week. Yeah, and I'm I'm concerned about that that duo. And don't let's not forget old friend OV. You know, we gotta we gotta include mm-hmm. him in, in in the mix. He's been playing really well. He's been well. outstanding the last month. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I am concerned. And you know, the Cardinals. Um, one of the things they did, and I am praying that um, the Browns' defensive coordinator doesn't copy. Although I suspect he will, since it was so affected. The Brown, the uh, Cardinals ran. Uh, a tight end, uh, like uh, like a te stunt on the ends, which totally messed up the tackles. Um, you saw all kinds of confusion. And this Giants offensive line, for whatever the reason, I I personally wonder if some of it has to do with the fact that they play on a, a rotational basis. But this unit can't pick up a stunt, and that is very very concerning. And if I'm a defensive coordinator, I throw stunts and twists at this unit all day long until they show me they can stop it. Um, and they've done this. They had success early uh, week two against Cincinnati Bengals. It was things they did. And this is one of the things that is really good with this Browns defense right now. Uh, Joe Woods knows he has a really nice group uh, at the defensive line position. Um, you have players like Sheldon Richardson who can play inside or out. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi is a good pass rusher. Then there's Miles Garrett. And of course, there's Olivier Vernon. Uh it, uh, Adrian Claiborne, another one. So they he can mix up his obvious pass rush situations um, with established players, and you can do these type of things. And you know, before we you know flip it over here and cut to the next, this next segment, what it, it's for me, it's it's mind boggling. What exactly is the thought process? What has been said about the fact that they are rotating offensive linemen? Look, if you had like six or seven fantastic players. I can understand it, but it doesn't seem any point where and where you're going with they can't pick up stunts. So much of offensive line play is trust in your other guys, is you know communication, which you're basically just throwing out the window if you're going to rotate in other guys just for the sake of you feel they deserve some reps. Yeah, I think what Joe Judge is doing, and I don't necessarily fault him for this, but you know, there comes a time when you just got to buckle down and say, okay, look, this this is the line I'm going with. But one of the things he was trying to do is because they did not have a preseason where he could get these young guys some reps, he wanted to take advantage of getting them some reps and, and uh, you know, in, in live games. Now, 
whether that was Joe Judge thinking, oh, you know, we're not going to go very far this year anyway, and let me figure out what I have and what I'm going to need. I I can't speak to that. I mean, his actions tell you one thing. His words tell you another. But at the end of the day, actions do speak louder than words. But, yeah, it's been very curious because, you know, he's rotating the guards. He's rotating the tackles. And today he even talked about maybe – you know, if he plays Daniel Jones, which I hope the heck he doesn't, he talked about rotating the quarterbacks. Now, mm-hmm. you know, what is what what is this Pop Warner? I mean, I, I've never <laughs> everybody's got to get their eight plays. <laughs> I've, I've never heard of this. I mean, it's crazy. And like I said, it's almost like judges telling everybody, "Look, you know, we're focused on improving and so forth." But it's almost like he's not telling us that. Oh. The improvement's going to come with me figuring out what I have, and I'm not anticipating we're going to go very far, yada, yada, yada. But that sure seems to be, um, you know, what they're doing. Yeah, and, I mean, either way, you a coach is going to get questioned about it, um, you know, because, you know, they do have a young tackle in Matt Pert as well, um, you know, who I'm sure they want to see his development and see where he's getting. So it's the, oh, well, we want to see the kid. Oh, well, we don't want to see it in this way. Well, why are you rotating guys? So it ends up to be uh, a difficult situation to be in. And, you know, for Coach Judge, I mean, probably part of it is, you know, you you look at what your record is and you probably look at what the season is. But then you look at the constituents in the NFC East and it's like, well, we can maybe win this thing. And so, I mean, there's just so much coming at him so quickly. uh, It's just got to be a difficult spot to be in. But the the reviews for Joe Judge, uh, the person, the coach, from the players, from the fans, everything I read through Patricia Train and other is the Giants do believe pretty confident that they have found the right guy to lead this franchise. We're going to flip it up here. Uh, Pat's going to take on over. We're going to talk a little Browns. Like I said, we'll get to some uh, general game thoughts here uh, about both teams here in the third segment. As you all know the drill, three segments on your daily New York Giants, Cleveland Browns coverage on the Locked On Podcast Network. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Break through your wall. Whether it's a mentor, mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever or put it in your golf bag to power through the back nine. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast, and it is easy on my stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. Beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Built Go then kicks it up to keep me going strong. B6, B12, 10,000% of your daily percentage. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit Bilco.com, use the promo code LOCKED, all caps, no space, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at Bilco.com. Let's go. Hey, New York Giant fans. This is Patricia Trainer, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. And I'm here to tell you a little bit about my new book, The Big 50, New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This book is a comprehensive collection of stories and events highlighting some of the most memorable moments in the New York Giants franchise history, including unforgettable moments like the four Super Bowls, 
the Eli Manning trade, the greatest game ever played, the transformation of head coach Bill Parcells, Lawrence Taylor, Harry Carson, and so many more. The book also takes you behind the scenes on some of the franchise's changing moments, such as the fumble, the passings of Wellington Mara and Bob Tisch, the final farewell of the old Giants Stadium, and so much more. Featuring 50 chapters and over 300 pages of rich storytelling and detail complete with loads of photos, this paperback will transport you back in time to the memories as they unfolded and give you a look behind the scenes at some of the men who made them happen. With a foreword written by former general manager Ernie Accorsi, the Big 50 New York Giants is a must-have for every New York Giants fan. So be sure to pick up your copy today at Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or wherever else books are sold. And thank you for your support. All right. Welcome back to the Locked On Giants, Locked On Browns crossover show, Crossover Thursday. Patricia Traina of Locked On Giants. And I am with Jeff Lloyd. He is the wonderful host of Locked On Browns, dedicated, always full of information. And we're going to pick his brain now for some intel on the Cleveland Browns. And Jeff, we got to start with the job that Kevin Stefanski has done coming over from the Vikings where he was their offensive coordinator. What has he brought to the table that maybe Freddie Kitchens, who who I believe was a first-time NFL head coach when he was here, didn't bring? I think it's it's the it's just the matching of everyone within the building, whether it's from Paul D. Podesta to Andrew Barry, to Kevin Stefanski. Uh, obviously, Andrew Barry came back from the Philadelphia Eagles. Paul D. Podesta, he wanted Kevin Stefanski to be the head coach of this franchise in 2019. John Dorsey was the one that was listened to. These are all of like minds. And we were curious how it was going to work because we felt they had a lot of work to do, um, but with you know no offseason, with a very, very limited summer camp, you know how was it going to come together so well? But these guys, everybody is on the same page. And Coach Stefanski, he has no time for anything other than talking about the Cleveland Browns, talking about his players, and talking about ball. He's short. He's quick. He's concise with what he gives. Um, Freddie was certainly more of a, if you bought him a beer, he'd maybe open up the vault um, and just go on and on. Kevin Stefanski is all about the work. Um, He brought with him uh, an offensive system. That was, you know, his specialty that he likes from Minnesota, which was a great fit for Baker Mayfield, was a great fit for what the Browns had on this roster between two great running backs. Uh, they had some tight ends, tight ends. They drafted, they drafted one and they signed Austin Hooper, figured out the offensive line. They got this offense, every element it needed to succeed. And we're seeing it week in, week out. And Coach Stefanski has been great with his players, whether it was over the summer encouraging encouraging them to speak their minds uh you know about social injustices and understanding look us as an organization we have your back feel free to use your platform and then once the success started and they started winning games i think people bought in look you can sell anybody the proof is going to be whether or not you can coach them and you can coach them to victories whether or not you're going to be able to keep guys you know ages 21 to 28 engaged and fully bought in and he's got that ability. And even, um, you know, there's a little video Monday night, and it's very limited right now as to why it's not out. And he went up to every player as they were stretching before the game. Just said, hey, I got one word for you. Are you scared? 
And these guys just, I mean, you saw eyes pop. You saw these guys just get fired up knowing the opportunity that was in front of them. Um, and it probably helps certainly that he's younger. Uh, it, it probably helps that he spent so much time in Minnesota that he saw so many different things through three different regimes that he was able to say, oh, I like this. I don't like this. I do like this. From each regime he was a part of and able to put together what ultimately became you know, his plan, his manifesto for when he got the opportunity to be a head coach. And right now, you know, with 10, 11, 12 wins possible on the horizon for a rookie head coach, it, it, it's just not really hard. To, it, it's really hard to not just be excited about anything that's going on right now, Pat. And uh, certainly doing a good job there with the with this team. The results, I, I think, this would be the first time since two thousand two the Browns make the playoffs. I think that's how long it's been for them. If I'm not uh, two thousand seven, there was a Kelly Holcomb. Yes, uh, Kelly Holcomb went butt wild in Pittsburgh. Still lost the game, but they did play a playoff game in two thousand. Okay, all right, <laughs> then, then I stand corrected. But um, going onward, let's talk a little bit about Baker Mayfield. I mean. There was some question, I think, coming into this year. Would Baker Mayfield finally take that step? And he looks like he has. What's been the big difference with him other than, obviously, comfort level? I think he has found an offense that he's, in, he's comfortable with. Um, it was, he was always the show um, at Oklahoma. His rookie year in 2018, Nick Chubb was, you know, wasn't allowed to be the starter to, till so late in the season that it was Baker's team. Um, then you get to 2019 and, you know, like everybody knows, I mean, it was just really no rank and file. It was just a bad year for everybody. And Baker even said today, roller coaster, which is, I mean, it's, it's a polite way probably to describe the 2019 season. Um, this year, and it started well, but I think, and I, I hate to say this in the Browns are going to have a really, really big decision to make here. Baker Mayfield, you need your quarterback to be your alpha male. Um, there's a wide receiver here, Pat, that you covered for a few years. He's currently injured. Um, sometimes a lot of the reflection of any team's offense falls to that player. And that's the player they talk about all the time. If you're going to be a good team, you're going to be a successful team. When you talk about certain teams offense, it should be, you should be talking about the quarterback. Um, and with, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Out, it simplifies things for Baker Mayfield. You go back to what you're taught at the youngest of age hit your plant foot, find the open guy, release the ball. That's what Baker Mayfield did in 2018 with the likes of Brashard Perriman. And, you know, Rashard Higgins was one of his guys in those days. Uh, Darren Fells, now a tight end with the Houston, Texas. That's where he's at now. He is, if you're open, you're getting the ball. Whether it's, you know, Brashard Higgins, whether it's Jarvis Landry, whether it's six-round pick Donovan Peoples-Jones, he's got a bunch of tight ends. Kareem Hunt, uh, always been an excellent receiver out of the backfield. Uh, Nick Chubb is improving upon that aspect, and it certainly helps when you have an offensive line that when you go to look at PFF, they have four of them as pro bowlers, and they have them as the number one pass-blocking offensive line and the number one run-blocking run blocking line in the league. That's going to make any quarterback's job easier, but he has really, really been laser-sharp these last six, seven weeks, and particularly these last two weeks. Uh, Baltimore is always going to be a tough one when you play a rival. They know you better than anybody else does, but you you know saw what he did against Tennessee as well, and I think they made a really smart move in saying, "Look, uh, we're seeing improvement from Baker. Maybe we can beat these teams with the running game, but it, we're not going to take it, the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hands 
because he has been, you know, such a big part of this as well. And the confidence is growing. Um, you know, it was a tough loss Monday night. Uh, anything, you know, for me, hey, if that's a game you're going to lose, I'm okay with that. Uh, you didn't get knocked out. I mean, it went 15 rounds and you essentially lost, you know, on the scoring by the judge. I mean, they gave everything they had Monday night. And certainly Baker Mayfield showed you everything he is capable of with 22 points in the fourth quarter. And, you know, I was just going to ask you, I was going to say, gee, it sounds like you really miss Odell Beckham Jr., but it doesn't sound like it, huh? I There's no bigger Odell guy in the world. The former wide receiver in me, I, I love him. I love everything about his game. But it, it's a serious question about whether or not, you know, do you, you move on? And part of it is, I mean, like it's always going to be, it, it is money, um, you know, things of that nature, especially when the salary cap might be lower. Um, you know, we've always grown accustomed to it growing and growing. doesn't look ideally like that's going to be the case. Um, they have to find a way to, you know, get some, you know, fix some holes here on this defense. It's a really, really tough spot to be in. Um, and I love Odell and I'd hate to see him go somewhere else. Um, but I look at the way this team has played over the, you know, since that time and sure he's been missed and probably, you know, one play or two on Monday night could have made the difference from a player like Odell Beckham Jr. But I'm not necessarily sure long-term that for what he makes and what he deserves to make is maybe in the best interest of this franchise. Really, really tough spot to be in for Andrew Barry and Paul DePodesta. Well, I have a feeling uh, they might look to move on if they can, because if I'm not, unless they redid his contract, I don't think they'll necessarily. Nope. He's still here. He's still here on the same deal that he came with. All right. yep. and, and it makes sense for them to, to move on from him, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, uh, let's talk about uh, real quick, the defensive side of the ball. That unit scares me. I mean, Miles Garrett <laughs> is a monster. Old friend OV, Olivier Vernon, has been playing really well of late. And the back end of the defense has been playing well. I mean, I, you, you mentioned there are weaknesses on on that defense. Tell me where you see them because, you know, uh, from the outside looking in, I don't see very many weaknesses. Well, the, the linebacker group, it's been getting better. Um, but if you look at their secondary right now, they essentially don't have any of their starters. Um, you know, Grant Elpit was drafted in the second round. They counted on him to start. They traded for Ronnie Harrison in the end of August. He would still be a starter. Um, Greedy Williams has been out the entire season. Denzel Ward did get to a practice field today. Um, he was close last week, so there's the opportunity that maybe he'll be back this week, and I kind of think he was. I think they were hoping maybe they could get him for the Baltimore game and then thinking maybe they wouldn't need him uh, you know, for maybe the Giants or Jets, but you know, hopefully have him back for Pittsburgh, um, but getting him back. So you're essentially playing – four players in the secondary who weren't slated to be starters. Are they getting better? Yes. And that's a credit to Joe Woods. Joe Woods would traditionally like to play a lot of safeties. And he had said this, I, I want to play a lot of nickel and he wants to play that big nickel, that player that can do the pseudo role of your third linebacker or your third safety. Uh, they just don't have the guys right now to do what Joe Woods wants to do. Uh, but you look at what they did for Tennessee against Tennessee for the first 30 minutes. And they had about a month where they really played good on defense. B.J. Goodson, obviously you're familiar, Pat. Um, he's not been great. I'm not going to say let's put him in a Pro Bowl. Uh, we're not talking all pro. Um, but he is a solid Mike and the leader of this defense as far as making the calls. Second-year linebacker, Sione Takitaki. He's the one that's probably been the most impressive of the linebacking unit. Um, more of a run stopper than he is a 
uh, you know, as far as, you know, pass defense, although he's improving in that aspect. And he's the one that he's got like the two, he's got the attitude for the linebacker position. He's not afraid to get dirty. He he'll mix it up. Uh, a guy like him and Will Hernandez, I wouldn't be a, a surprise sometimes Sunday night if there was a point where these two had to be separated because each one will give it as good as they'll get it. And, you know, maybe sometimes take it a little too far where people got to come in and start separating people. He's been very impressive. Um, the key for them is the D-line, though. Um, if they can get their three, four, five sacks a game, it certainly changes a lot of things. The most surprising thing has been with this defense, it's not really ha- as well as they played it's been, they've been able to make, create turnovers. Um, They are very high as far as, you know, the number of, you know, turnovers they've gotten as a defense, which is an astounding number since I've been covering this franchise in September, 2017, they've never had a defense this around the ball making plays like this. And that's been a huge key because getting those turnovers has masked the fact that, you know, if you say there's 22, 23 players on this Cleveland Browns defense, I, I wouldn't be stunned if, they maybe flipped 50% of the defensive roster for 2021. Interesting, because it looked like, you know, again, from the outside looking in, that the defense has been playing really, really well across from front to back. And sometimes, you know, you get those late season surges and whatnot. But with that said, uh, let's uh, turn to the matchups. What are some of the matchups in this game that you think are going to make the difference, whether it be for the Giants or for the Browns? Um, well, first things first, I, I think it's going to be, it's going to be the Browns pass rush. Um, and, and if this is of course, just, you know, watching, you know, the Giants offensive line play last week. Um, and like I said, Hassan Reddick, a, a player who gets by on a ton of athleticism and, you know, I, I think Miles Garrett in that situation. Um, and there is this though, because if it is Colt McCoy, this is, it's a straight mystery. Yeah. I mean, you don't really know exactly what Colt McCoy is. Um, so that could be more of a you know something that's going to keep you up at night as opposed to knowing Daniel Jones is going to be out there. And either way, he's probably not going to be close to 100%. And if we're talking about issues with his legs, which he's certainly going to need to be you know running away from, whether it's Olivier Vernon or Miles Garrett or Sheldon Richardson. Um, and I think the other thing is is the, the wide receiver play. You know, Slayton, Shepard, Tate, there's talent all around there, and Evan Ingram too. Um, but the thing is, is, like when the Giants have played well, it, it, you had no recipe. It was it was either Slayton or it was Tate or it was Shepard or it was Ingram. So you got to put equal attention to all of these guys. The Browns' coverage has been lapsed at times. Um, the don't I mean the safety play they have right now. They don't necessarily have the ability to afford over the top help. Um, so I think this is a, a trickier matchup than I think people understand. I mean, this game could still go either way. But I think like there's some unknowns with the Giants, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that's going to make Joe Woods and his defensive staff have to work a little bit harder this week. All right, some good stuff here. And I guess now we'll turn to uh, the matchups or, or the predictions, I guess, at this point. We can do that, absolutely. But we do have one more little item of business we do have to take care of. And one more time, this football season will be different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. For Pat and I, hey, look, uh, Sunday night's going to be a little tougher. Uh, you know, not normally pouring a cup of coffee at 7.30 or quarter to 8 on a Sunday night. But when you got work to do, you got work to do. So we'll be all ready to go for Sunday night football. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. 
These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. As you all know, it is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Pat, for me, I think the thing that I'm most, I want to say nervous about is, is the Browns. Now this is, they've had one brutal loss to Baltimore Ravens. They've had one brutal loss, brutal loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, The Raider game could have kind of gone either way for me, you know, and you know, it's, we're not going to say trap game because the jets next week and hell the jets just might dress, find 11 guys who were sitting outside in the parking lot to make sure they lose. But I think it's the fact that some people are going to look at the Giants' record and maybe equate their record to the team when this team just showed two weeks ago they're capable of going toe-to-toe with anyone in the NFL. Yeah, they are. But the question is, is who's going to show up this week? I mean, the offensive line last week, as, as we talked about, big step backwards. We don't know who's going to be the quarterback, you know, just so many questions on, on offense. And like I said to you, I'm concerned about that Browns pass rush. I think regardless of who's a quarterback, you know, Daniel Jones, if he can't run, God help him. Colt McCoy is not really known for being a runner. God help him. You know, so I, I just don't know who's going to be back there and how they're going to deal with that pass rush, especially if that pass rush ends up, you know, running the double stunts and, and twists and doing fancy things to, to fool that group. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, yeah, look, I mean, cause as much time as we both put in covering these franchises, um, there's, you know, and it almost becomes like family, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, well, I love uncle Lou, but you know, make sure somebody puts the good booze away. Cause uncle Lou might take the good booze. There's things that are always going to give you, you know, some headaches late at night. Um, I'm confident the Browns should win this game. And I used to never say these types of things that I'm confident the Browns will win the game, but this is where I'm at now with this new regime, because I, I just, I truly believe they have the ability to erase the week before and this one and O mentality that they're working with right now with the players. And as everybody talks about, nothing else means anything. It's this week. It's this Sunday. It's this Sunday night. It's this Monday night, etc. It's one and O. And then when I'm telling you and we're ready, we turn the page to go one and O again. Um, and it would really be a very, very disappointing loss uh, for the Browns to not be able to pull this one out with, you know, what the work they've done and the fact that they still control their destiny, um, this is, it, it, it's big. And to get it to here, knowing they have the Jets right after, and the fact that, you know, you have no idea if this Pittsburgh uh, Steelers matchup in Week 17 is going to mean anything. Um, they just got to go there, and they just got to handle their business. Yeah, and, you know, with the Giants, by the time they kick off, they'll have an idea of where they stand in the division. Washington, Dallas, <laughs> Philadelphia, they'll all be done with their respective games. and. You know, I just, I don't have a good feeling about this game. You know, last week really, really kind of opened my eyes and made me wonder if, you know, the the win against Seattle, as impressive as it was, was it just a case of, you know, catching Seattle on the wrong day or, you know, are the have the Giants really stepped up in class to where they can stand toe-to-toe with good teams? And I'm not feeling good about this one for the Giants for, for any number of reasons, but more so because of the offense 
facing that pass rush because of the uncertainty at quarterback. If it's Daniel Jones, him not being mobile, that's going to scare me. Um, the running game Especially got shut down. Exactly. Yeah, the running game getting shut down last week. I mean, just too many things that, that really concern me when I look at this Browns-Giants uh, matchup. So I hate to say it, but, um, you know, last week I, I actually picked the Cardinals to win. I think I was one of the few people that picked them to win. And I'm going to go and, and say that this this week it's going to be uh, the Browns over the Giants. And this is where it's interesting for you, Pat. Right now you're talking about a team that is slated to draft 10th, but essentially still could win their division, which is conversations we don't normally have this late in the season. But let's say just, you know, God forbid, and I'm sorry, Giants fans, if the Browns do end up, you know, I mean, the Giants do end up with the 10th overall selection or perhaps, you know, a little, you know, higher, you know, within that top 10. What's the biggest need out of outside of what's here right now? Oh, I would say wide receiver, number one wide receiver, because they never replaced Odell. Um, I would look to maybe get a number two cornerback because I'm not so sure if uh, Isaac Yadam is the long term answer. And if I can find a pass rusher, a legitimate pass rusher, I would definitely go that route as well. But to me, wide receiver is the missing ingredient on that offense. I think, you know, you get a healthy Saquon Barkley back with Evan Ingram, a tight end, and a, and a true number one receiver who can separate, which this group can't seem to do on a regular basis. And uh, Daniel Jones going into year two of this system, year three of his career. And I think you see a totally different offense that hopefully behind a, a, a solidified offensive line performs better. Yeah, well, I mean, so if it is Daniel Jones, you have a quarterback with mobility, a quarterback with a big arm, and between Saquon Barkley, Evan Engram, the other receivers you have, pencil in what you know the wide receiver of the future, you're now challenging at every level with a quarterback who has fantastic mobility. Um, certainly a, a nice recipe for it. Um, it's a blast talking with Pat. Um, you know, she's been covering the giants for years. She does a fantastic job. Uh, all her work does come, uh, giant work does come through SI.com as well. Of course, she's host of locked on giants here at the locked on podcast network does a fantastic job with that. Um, uh, I am your host, Jeff Lloyd of locked on Browns. Uh, now is a great time for locked on giants or locked on Browns to go to iTunes, go to Spotify, subscribe, rate, review uh we're all excited over here we've got a big new sponsor we're going to announce here shortly um and it's you know with this it's great that these sponsors want to throw their money you know towards us and help us and we help them um but it's also through the dedicated work five days a week six days a week seven days a week uh folks like pat or and myself to get these things rolling and of course none of it means a hell of beans without all you guys sitting down subscribing and listening to us every day so thanks to everybody Happy holidays, Pat. Fantastic time speaking with you yet again. Always a pleasure. Always fun. Glad we got to do it. And maybe we'll get to do it again in the off season. Oh, we'll always find time. I'll always find time to sit down with you, Pat. One of uh, my favorites. Yeah, I feel Cross the same. Over? Of course. Maybe it's the Jersey thing. Might, might be the Jersey thing, Pat. It might be. It might be. So I hope everybody enjoyed uh, another crossover edition. Um, the regular season ones are wrapping up quickly. I can't believe we really only have two of these left. Um, but crossover Thursdays on the Locked On uh, Podcast Network, Locked On NFL Network. Appreciate you all for being along for the ride. From Pat and I, happy holidays, everyone.